0: Hey there and welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. Today I have my first ever interview of the podcast. First time I've, I have been interviewed previously on a podcast, No Meat Athlete, check it out. But this is the first time I'm interviewing someone. You will be able to hear that during the course of the interview. There's a few audio blips here and there and it's uh, it's not edited quite as cleanly as I would have liked, but I'm this is very much a learning curve so you'll have to bear with me. Today on the podcast I had Paul Way. Paul is a friend of mine, a local runner here in Harlem. We met um, through Harlem Park Run, which was just starting to get underway before this whole corona situation kicked in, so I never really got to know him very well. So as a result, today's chat was really interesting. It was good to get to know his backstory a little bit. Paul is a long-distance runner, he's vegan, he's a plugger, and you'll hear all about that in the show. And yeah, just a lovely guy. It was a pleasure to chat to, Paul. I thank you very much for your patience with all the tech issues that we had. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Going back to Nova Scotia That's where
1: I want to be Tethered down in Nova Scotia
0: Staring yeah, yeah, absolutely Well, I, I have no real script for this thing It's it's very on the fly It tends to be how I'm doing this whole podcast thing But yeah, uh, thank you very much for joining And for your patience
1: You're welcome
0: <laughs> How's your morning going over there?
1: It's okay, it's... Um... Because of the coronavirus situation, it's all, it's all a bit weird. So I've got, I have got live in a house with two teenagers. So my daughter's 14, my son's approaching 18. And uh, so it's a, it's a bit strange having them constantly at home and trying to work with the schooling system around yeah. online and everything along those lines. So it's a very strange and surreal experience. I mean, I've worked from home for the last nine years really sort of you know occasionally i sort of have to sort of travel to the office but for the most part i've worked from home so for me working from home is, has been a normal thing yeah. um, having the kids at home has been sort of the the weird weird thing now
0: i've heard someone say uh, described this situation as the great leveler because it, it doesn't matter who you are what money you have or what status you have you know everyone's in this now, and nobody's experienced it before we, we've had Ebola or SARS or other things, but this is just global. everything stops and doesn't matter who you are that's it's not a it's not a nice thing obviously but, it's but is that
1: true I'm going to be controversial look it's only the second question I'm controversial already but the the, the the celebrities that are being stressed about oh my God, I'm sort of in isolation and then they've got. Yeah, the the yeah they're having they're having to learn how to cook and uh, or, or but they're getting their food flown in in quarantine containers, so they're probably not struggling as much as as others. <laughs> and then you've got some yeah. people that literally cannot leave. They're on their own in a in a in an apartment with one. Yeah, they're on their own in an apartment. They can't do anything, and they're on lockdown. And then you've got others that I saw someone. Yeah, we've we've improvised a route around the garden, so the kids are running a three kilometer route around the garden i'm like how big is that garden so yeah yeah you're right it's a leveler but on the same on the same level you're i i'm really noticing the difference in affluence and how that makes an impact as well to, to be honest so yeah i agree That's and true. disagree <laughs>
0: yeah no privilege is still privilege and that that um definitely shows through here but anyway this is not going to be a corona podcast that's all everybody's talking about um yeah so let me let me know a little bit about you i uh, let me start by introducing you a little bit um i only I, I don't know you all that well at all i consider you a friend now but we started we met because harlem park run was getting up and running um parkrun had just come to the netherlands with fantastic timing that everything had just started kicking off and then had to shut down because of this quarantine situation but uh we've we've had a few runs together i've had a bit of a chat with you um this is paul way here my guest by the way and yeah uh you can tell your own life story much better than me so yeah just give the listeners a bit of a uh, introduction
1: Oh gosh, I'm, I'm 52 years old, so it could be a, like a long introduction. I'll uh, I'll keep it brief, <laughs> the highlights of my life in just a few sentences. Oh oh, oh gosh. Now I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a quick summary and just sort of just do a whiz through one minute ramble and then you can sort of dive into whatever you like. But yeah, I'm a 52 year old. I was born in England... Um, in the village where Winnie the Pooh was written. So I come from a really small village in the, the southeast of England in a place called Hartfield. And I was born there, raised up there until I was 18. Then, you know, then all my travels took me around. I went to University of Liverpool. Um, I started working in London. And when I was working in London, um, I met my, my now wife, who is a Dutch person, and she wanted to have kids. Uh, but didn't want to have them in London and so we made the decision or or, you know Dutch women can be quite strong and and (laughs) convincing so she made the decision I went okay yeah to uh to just sort of move to Holland it didn't matter where she's from from Nijmegen so she's not from where where we are where we are now but she said let's just move to Holland and and have kids and uh, sort of get a job there so yeah i i came across at the end of 2000 uh, end of two, 2000 i think at the end of 2000 i came across uh, worked for 10 years in amsterdam and then um and then for the last nine years i've actually been predominantly working in the uk but from out of um, harlem so i've been working from home and mm. uh, so that's my sort of working career i've got two kids um, and then in terms of my running career i've always been a runner. And, and I suppose that's where our sort of connection comes in is, you know, I've been running, I, I always started, I was always running on my own. You know, running is, a, it can be a very lonely activity or it can be a very sort of, you know, on your own activity. And that's how I did it for the majority of my life. It's only in the last two years, I've kind of done a reset, or the last three years I've done a reset and started running with others. And And so park runs was sort of something quite exciting for me to sort of get involved in to, to start doing that that running in groups and and now all of a sudden corona comes around and i'm running on my own again <laughs> um so yeah i'm a runner i'm a plogger, um and i like doing weird stuff on instagram there you go <laughs> i probably just rambled there didn't i
0: that's a pretty good summary i think yeah <laughs> i think that's about three minutes no no you, you did very well also, I like. Um, I didn't know about the the Nijmegen connection. That's one of my favorite cities in the Netherlands. I think it's a beautiful place. Um, I used to live in Germany, just right across the border, in a small village. So Nijmegen was like the nearest big city, and I'm sure you know it well by now. It's a really nice place.
1: Yeah, it is. It's lovely, and uh, I was I was just going to say yeah. I've I sort of, I, I really I really enjoy sort of running when I sort of go and visit sort of my mother in law. Um, Yeah, I just love running around there and just sort of experiencing sort of a little bit of hills, a little bit of a a different sort of uh, environment to to what we've got here in Harlem.
0: Yeah, I I remember that because I wasn't really a runner back then. I started running in my last year in Germany and then I moved over to the Netherlands. So I've never kind of run in the area. But like you said, it's more of a different um, landscape there. There are more hills in the area and it's just a beautiful part of the country um with regards to the solo running you mentioned i can very much relate to that kind of an isolated thing uh, as runners especially distance runners we're naturals itself isolating anyway um and i've always enjoyed the more solo aspect of things i've tended to shy away from groups and uh, running clubs and that sort of thing and i seem to have a bit of the same thing as you do with park run. the moment we finally commit to it then it stops but uh i must say with the plugging as- aspect of your life you were the 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 first time i'd ever heard of the phrase plugging was through you and i must say it's a fantastic thing um can you give us all for those who would have no idea of have, have heard that word never heard that word what is plugging and what brought you to it how did you get into the whole thing
1: yeah, it's crazy it's crazy. So uh plogging, yeah, th- I mean people can just look up on wiki, but just to give a short summary, I think plogging as a word came around two thousand sixteen and it's a combination of a Swedish word for sort of picking up stuff and jogging. So it's pl- pluk up or something something like pluk up and uh and jogging. So together they've combined it into this word of plogging. But yeah, obviously the activity existed before twenty sixteen and I think I look I look back a while ago and I sort of saw on Twitter the first reference I had ever did to doing this activity of running and picking up litter at the same time and that was in 2011 I sort of put my first thing on Twitter and I'd done it before then so I've done it for years if you go back you know, I've probably done it you know for most of my running career but only Every now and then. So I'd sort of like to see a bit of literature and I'd pick it up, but I wouldn't say I did it every time. And then in 2011, I was um, traveling a lot to to the UK, staying with my parents. And I had to go from, to get from my parents to London to work, I had to run sort of six, seven kilometres to the train station. You know, it's hard, this, we need the poo village. You know, it's, it's, it's exactly how you can imagine it. You know, there are no paths. It's literally you're running on this sort of windy, sort of uh, country roads so I was running along there and I was just noticing all of these all this trash in the hedges and it was really frustrating sort of running to the train station and seeing that and so I started just sort of picking up and I had this sort of um, sort of routine I'd do it every, every week I'd sort of say right today I'm going to do that and I would run along this sort of route and I'd pick it up and sort of have a bag and sort of put it in a bag and then I thought hang on I'm in the middle of nowhere I've got nowhere to dump it so what I did was I actually filled up a bag and then left it by um this garden center so there's probably this this weird garden center experience you know they've had this um sort of suddenly they like they come into work in the morning they see this bag of rubbish outside their, their gate and i would sort of do that once a week and i never had in contact with them so if they're listening now that you know sorry <laughs> it was me and uh, so <laughs> that was around 2011 and it just sort of built up it just sort of built up more and more and then the word plugging I, I don't think I knew the word plogging until 2018 or something like that and it became word of the year or, or something like that and what happened was I thought oh I've got a word now and from that I started doing it more suddenly that word gave a definition for what I was doing and it gave a purpose and and I re- I love the word in the way it's brought communities together. It's brought an activity together, and I now have a community of people. You know, I wouldn't say a great community, but a huge one. But you know, I do have a lot of people that I'm connected to around the world who do the same thing, and it's all connected through the definition of it. So instead of saying, oh yeah, I run, I pick up litter sometimes when I'm running. You know, it's a bit of a long hashtag, but plogging is a nice word that you can sort of join people t- together with. So so yeah, it's. It's something I do more and more. And it's now got to the point where last year I made a decision um, that every time I had to load up on something onto Strava, so every time I did a run or a bike or a swim, I'd have to pick up at least one piece of trash. Um, And so it's now something that's turned from occasionally to something that happens every day.
0: Wow, that's brilliant. Um, Yeah, it's nice to hear the uh, background to it all, because I think... um like you said, probably a lot of people on their runs would just see something here or there, and if there's a bin nearby, they'd pick it up and dump it in. But to get from that to where you are now, folks, um, I'd encourage you to follow Paul's Instagram. It's Way of Life, and that's W-A-Y-E, Way of Life. Um, you're really enthusiastic and really busy about it. You've inspired me to um, notice I'm not doing nearly as much as you about it, but I'm seeing trash all over the streets, whereas before I it was there, but I just didn't seem to think about it at all whereas now i will you know make a point to alter my route to pick something up and oh there's a bin up ahead there's always a bin
1: yeah unfortunately it's like it's like the red pill in the matrix so yeah, you know, once you've <laughs> taken it you can't stop seeing it so yeah unfortunately now i've i've condemned your, your your listeners to actually always see trash on the ground which is which is a good thing but i don't want people to pick up every piece of trash so actually the most stressful thing as a plogger is to not pick up trash and you have to have oh, that sort yeah. of real clear boundary between, OK, I'm going to do it now, and what I do is, you know, I'm going to do it for this sort of moment, but I don't have to do it 24-7. Um, so you have a clear boundary. say, so right, I'm going to pick up this one piece. And you only have to pick up one piece. If you pick up one piece of trash on every run or one piece of trash a week, you're making an impact. If everyone did that, the trash would be gone in no time. So don't feel you have to pick up loads. Just one piece is as important as a 1,000 pieces
0: there you go I, I totally um, relate to that small steps idea that you can easily get overwhelmed in the big picture and you you want to I've heard of this um, yoga guru I had this um, phrase of I'm going to butcher it now but um, he, t- he took gave a guy a broom and told him to sweep up his room tidy his room and the guy was like but the whole house is a mess you know I, I want, where do I start he's like I just asked you to sweep your room don't worry about the rest of the house do what you can and then from there we'll, we'll carry on um, and I do totally agree with that word uh, or the, the idea of putting a label on what you do, plugging it. It's one word, one tag can create a community, can create a kind of connection between people. Even the same with just calling yourself a runner. One of the podcasts I really enjoy is called the Marathon Training Academy. And they encourage people to say, no, don't tell people you you go running or you're a jogger or whatever. Say, no, I am a runner. That gives you identity that already defines, you know, your life and it gives you a connection to whether it's um, you know, Mo Farah or Usain Bolt or any of the super elite athletes or just you and me running around the park, You know, doing a couple of kilometres and not breaking any records. We're all runners, and that tag can really give people a sense of identity and community, especially with Instagram and with social media now, and I think that's very important.
1: Exactly, and I always say, okay, don't you? Know, if you look at Usain Bolt, you know he is the fastest runner that's been recorded, but he's not the fastest runner that's ever existed, for sure. You know he is the one that's had the chance to become the fastest, but there are people that have never taken up running. I'm sure in different parts of the world that could potentially be way faster than him if they had the same opportunity so yeah Mm -hmm. so i was sort of so so don't think that just because these people are are fast that makes them the fastest or yeah they are no yeah they are a runner as much as you are a runner and if someone picks up one piece of trash they are they are a a, a plogger as much as i am a plogger so there's, there's no difference between the two. It's a community, and, and I value the people that pick up one piece of trash or the people that, one run, that run one kilometre as much as those that run ultramarathons or pick up hundreds of kilos of litter.
0: There you go, folks. We've all swallowed the red pill now. If you pick up one can of Red Bull off the street and throw it in a bin, you're a plugger. Um, I want to go on to the um, vegan thing. I'm surprised we've been talking for 15 minutes and we haven't mentioned the fact that we're vegan. That goes against the stereotype. Um, wh- how, did that, how did that start? If, if you want to open up that window a little bit.
1: Oh God! Okay, now you're going to go into my dark soul. So I have to sort of be honest and say I'm a completely shallow oh. person. <laughs> so I the the <laughs> my whole vegan lifestyle change has been quite sort of dramatic, and and it actually dates back to um, the late '80s. Wow. So this all came around from the late '80s. So I'm a huge meat eater. <laughs> Yeah, you know, crazy meat, I love the taste of meat and I am you know, I shouldn't really say that as a vegan person but I completely love the taste of meat and literally just give me a bowl of chicken wings and that was like heaven for me for, for most of my life and it has, you know, has been for most of my life and then what happened was I went to do a postgrad in, in the late 80s so I just finished my university and I was going to become a teacher and I had to do a teacher training course at Bristol University so I had one year of going to Bristol University I didn't know anyone um, and I thought oh I don't have any baggage with me by doing that I can go somewhere and I can tell them I'm a goth and no one <laughs> will actually say no you're not because they don't know me so so I, I thought what can I do and it was a time of sort of Morrissey's meat His murder sort of that kind of phase so I thought I'm going to go vegetarian for a year so it was yeah. It was. I thought, oh, that's kind of a trendy thing to do. So I literally went there for a year and said I'm vegetarian, and there was no one ever said, no, you're not. You, you just love meat. So I thought I'd try it, and what happened was, so it was just for one year. And as soon as I started doing it, I was like, I realised, oh my god, I actually feel kind of good, not just ethically. Suddenly, I was like, oh my god, I'm actually being nice to these animals. I'm not sort of killing them. So there was that whole concept. Um, But then there was the whole thing of internally I felt really good. I was like, oh, my God, I feel so much cleaner. I can't sort of describe it any other way than saying I was cleaner inside and sort of lighter. And it was just a great feeling inside, so much so that just for those two aspects of feeling ethically and internally feeling better, that even though the year went past I carried on being a vegetarian for another two years um so I was a vegetarian sort of in my early sort of 20s for for three years but then other people I, I was sort of not you know there weren't many there was the only person i knew that was like that and everyone else was eating meat around me and i sort of succumbed and i kind of missed that gnawing on the bone um, element so i sort of went back to being a meat eater and that was it it was like oh yeah and but i always talked about how wonderful i felt as a as a vegetarian for those three years and then fast forward so here i am full meat eater all the way through to let's say the last uh four or five years ago uh, or in fact a little bit before that so my daughter became a vegetarian so when she was around seven she became a vegetarian now she will say because of the animals and i will say it because she didn't like some of the meat that we gave her to eat in the evenings and i think she just used it as an excuse not to eat that so um so she went vegetarian and and I was like, okay, that's cool. She wants to be vegetarian; it's really cool. And then a few years after that, I was like, kept on gnawing away at me. And I did this sort of reset in twenty seventeen, and I was, or a bit before that. I kind of thought, hang on, why I talk about being a vegetarian and enjoying it so much? Why don't I just sort of do that again? What's stopping me from doing that? You, know, you like say how wonderful you felt. Why not feel that way again? So I decided to go vegetarian. Uh, I suppose about five I'm, I, I don't know about five years ago I'm guessing I went vegetarian but I wasn't sure I would be able to do it so what I did was I actually went vegetarian for two weeks without telling anyone including my family and I was literally hiding my, mm-hmm. my plate behind my hand so people could see there was no meat on there so I was cooking meat for the whole family and then I was just like not eating it myself. Uh, and it got to a point where I thought no I actually do feel good so, so then I went vegetarian um, for that reason and then I was like thinking oh this is really cool and then I was like hang on but I'm no longer the cool kid because everyone's vegan um, so it was a sort of year and a half ago that I thought I'm going to be trendy and go vegan um, so I, I I did that I just decided on January the 1st 2019 to, to go vegan and sort of see how it was and things and that passion I had back in the late 80s that came back with a vengeance suddenly it was like I did it for myself for this egotistical fashionista sort of you know I want to be cool I want to have like plant based I want to call myself a plant based runner but it turned out that a feeling of, of goodness inside me of how good i feel inside how quickly i can recover from running and training and and hard workouts that that was all there and then suddenly like a wave the the ethics suddenly hang on the ethics of being vegan is 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 even better than being a vegetarian and the and the environmental impact of being a vegan is so much better so those washed over me and now if you said would i ever leave veganism the answer is no because of those two reasons because of the ethics and because of the environmental uh, factors but i started off for being trendy
0: (laughs) well that's a very uh, honest admission there i appreciate it i had a bit of a similar thing when i was 19 i was in university for the first time and a bit like you although i must admit it's very very incredible that you did it 20 years previous and when it wasn't nearly as trendy or as easy for that matter but when I was 19 in university um, I met a few vegans for the first time I barely knew what the word was it was like the red pill plugging thing all over again once I heard it and I'd say I went vegetarian at the time for the animals that was my main motivation but I must admit there was 50% animals and 50% hey look at me I'm vegetarian now because the friends I had in, in university were cool You know, I, w- I wanted to be like them they were a bit alternative and a bit uh, indie and that seemed a kind of romantic notion to me. So like on day one, I shared this... Uh, there's a song I used to listen to um, with a, there's one line of the song, Excuse My French, and this one, but tell your boyfriend, if he says he's got beef, that I'm a vegetarian and I ain't fucking scared of him. Um, and I, I shared that song, and I quoted this line on Facebook in this big letters. I even spelled vegetarian wrong. That's how new I was to the whole thing. <laughs> so I can relate to the... Um, Ego, yeah, coming in as well. With regards to the, the the, the uh, reset you were talking about and the passion you had, that I can totally um, feel as well. I had a similar sort of thing. So I went vegetarian when I was nineteen in 2011, 2010, and two thousand and nine. Sorry, and I went vegan a few years later. It's kind of a very. I tried to go vegan a few times and it didn't really stick, and I wasn't really up for it. But then there was one morning one day one week in april 2015 when it all just exploded i just the clarity was there i went vegan i started running at the same time and i'd signed up for my first marathon the next day training plan and that was it my life had all just changed in one or two days and i could never really figure out the trigger as to why but now that I look back on it, that was such an iconic moment. Did you have a similar feeling when you had a reset that you've talked about?
1: <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, there was there was a big reset for me and and it actually comes through the, the, the plugging, the running, the veganism all of that sort of came to a head in 2017 so, uh, I, so I, I don't know the what triggered it but I just sort of looked at myself and went, am I happy? And then if someone had asked me that at a party, I said, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I'm, at the time I was a triathlete, um, you know, I'd, just, I'd actually just gone vegetarian then as well. So I was, a sort of, I was trying to sort of be better and everything. I was like still running a lot, but I was a sort of a triathlon, doing triathlete, uh, triathlons occasionally. And sort of I seemed to be ticking along and everything. But then I sort of looked at myself hard and I went, hang on am I really happy? Am I happier? I actually asked myself, am I happier than I was a year ago? Am I happier than I was 20 years ago when I was that vegetarian? Um, And I realised that there are moments in my life, um, I was approaching 50, maybe that was what the trigger was, but I was sort of, I went, uh, there are moments in my life where I can say I was happier. And then I thought, hang on, what's stopping me going back to those times? So there was, for instance the the running I was I called myself a triathlete but I really I just did the swimming and the biking to get to the run and the the passion was with running so I thought if that's the case why am I bothering with the swim and the run why don't I just go back to the pure running and so I did thought I want right, that's where I'm happiest. Let's go back to that moment. The vegetarianism, you know, that was there. Yeah, you know, let's go back to that moment when I was really happy. And then there was also, there was a lot of ethics uh, and environmental considerations. I was, I always sort of called myself in my early 20s as being, you know, you, you hear that a lot that you like say, oh yeah, I was so naive then. But then I thought, hang on, was I naive or was I more ethical? Was I actually... A, a sort of more ethically responsible I was more concerned about there was you know a body shop was around and I thought oh that was fantastic no animal testing and and there are these um elements that were sort of just sort of coming out but they weren't um you know and I was really uh, driven towards those those goals but then that drifted out and I just sort of lost sight of it I became westernised, I became sort of, you know uh, consumer, I became a consumer of of, of stuff and I thought, hang on, let's go back to those times so I sort of did that reset, I just looked at the moments that made me happy and I thought let's just sort of try and get those maybe it won't be the same feeling but I thought combining them and so that's why that's how way of life that sort of account came around it was like focusing on on my diet on on my running pure running and then and just on sort of my happiness and that's where it come from and then plugging came along as well
0: brilliant yeah, I've always had a, a thing, I believe it's called a Peter Pan complex, of that fear of growing up and wanting to remain youthful and childlike. And I'm starting to realise as I reach 30, I'm turning 30 in a couple of months, I was so afraid of that a couple of years ago, the big 3-0, and now I have to be an adult. And I realised, yeah, you can learn how to pay your taxes and you can settle down and get a job and do all that, but still, hopefully, maintain you know, youthful innocence and naivety, if you want to call it that, optimism, Uh, joie de vivre lust for life that doesn't have to fade and clearly with you it hasn't your your instagram and your general demeanor is full of positivity and full of energy so i certainly see that it uh, exudes happiness from the outside looking in anyway
1: yeah but that's yeah yeah it's i'm still a regular person outside of that yeah there's so don't think that that's who i am that is definitely an element that i'm sort of trying to capture more and more in my daily life but you know that yeah, I, I suck at so much of the rest of my life
0: <laughs> oh we all do we all do all right I'm, a, I'm very wary of this uh, Zoom thing kicking us off before we have a time to actually close this properly so I just quickly wanted to say you recently did a 100 mile training week uh, in your running fantastic well done do you, do you want to give a bit about that quickly
1: yeah that, so that's, that's like one of those sort of goals so that goes actually back to the reset so 10 years ago um, I sort of I, I've you know, if you look at sort of my profile my picture you see I'm a big guy yeah you know, and I have yeah you know, I've been up to like 115 kilos so yeah you know, I have been a huge guy um and then in sort of about 10 years ago when I was in my 40s I sort of lost the of weight, and I sort of thought oh that happened to sort of come back and things and I did a, a marathon I've been trying for 10 years in the marathon to break the four hours and I just couldn't I couldn't do it I, I tried and I couldn't um I got a few seconds away from it but yeah, you know, 10 marathons no no joy and then I found that sort of ma- magic sort of source I thought I had I found this peak level of fitness and I managed to sort of break the four hours and sort of did it in style I did sort of like 323 so suddenly not just under the four but hugely wow. uncool. Yeah. it was like crazy it was just like a complete wow and then, then that's when that 100 mile idea came out, I was like thinking how can I go faster, if I do 323, can I get to 3, you know I was in my 40s I sort of, I thought oh, let's try and do that what can I do and I sort of looked at all the professionals and they were running 100 miles a week and I thought oh I'll give that a go I got halfway, and then I couldn't my body broke down um, and I got injured and in fact on if I look back I would actually say the main reason why it broke down is because I was eating meat. And I think it's, you know, for the people that are listening that eat meat, they're probably going to go, oh, there he is again. But I, I, the difference for me is so impactful. The difference is clarified if i when i get up in the morning as a meat eater i'd have to walk down the stairs sort of one step at a time slowly because of my my achilles was really stiff <laughs> as a vegan i just walk down the stairs in the morning that is sort of the biggest sort of difference i've got and that was reflected in the extreme in the extreme running i was doing at 60 miles a week i broke down got injured every time i tried um and then you know that was a good... And then I wanted to, And then I did this reset in 2017. It was sort of... And I could feel that 100-mile idea coming back because suddenly, instead of breaking down at 60, I was sort of running 80 miles without a problem. And I was I thinking, what else is possible? I just didn't have that opportunity. I never had a chance to do the 100 miles, and I still couldn't. And then, you know, Corona... You know, unfortunately, we're going to go back to Corona because what happened was two things happened. The first thing is um, I I became... I, I didn't have a job, so currently I'm actually without a job. I sort of because of Brexit I decided to switch back from working in the UK from a distance to looking in the in sort of the Dutch market. And then corona came and that completely screwed me over so i'm still unemployed but so i had the opportunity i had the opportunity there of sort of uh, oh i've got time on my side and then corona came along and i was like the goals for the marathon suddenly dropped away i couldn't do them because the marathons weren't going along so i thought let's give it a go so i thought let's try and make something positive or something an experience that i can do safely within all the confines that we have in terms of social distancing etc is there something i can do to make something positive come out of it maybe it's only internally for me You know, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. help for the whole world but it's definitely something that I can look back and go wow I, I, you know it's a horrible situation we're in but I try to sort of be responsible but and still get something you know, and still achieve something I can look back and say bang so yeah, fantastic yeah. so I did it and I didn't just I do didn't. it I did like 112 miles I was like oh my god
0: no, you carried on. It was amazing. I think it's really important because, yes, we are in a horrible situation, but being miserable in that or being happy is, to a greater or a lesser extent, is a choice. And you're certainly choosing to do the best with that, especially considering the uh, tricky situation you found yourself in. I really admire that. And I can absolutely relate to the recovery thing. I can give a bit of my story as well and my parents' Uh, my parents have been vegan as long as you have January 1st 2019 so I went vegan five years ago with no ambition to try to change anybody else I'm not uh, preachy I'm not the aggressive activist type but I was doing really well in my running and generally in my health and well-being and my parents kind of saw that and for one reason or another went along with it themselves and my dad is a runner he's run most races that I have and he's can absolutely attest to the same thing his recovery his um lack of injuries it's all just showed up since going vegan and yeah it's, i would say meat is a big part of it but also dairy i find as well but anyway i'll i don't know the science behind it
1: yeah the dairy is an interesting one because i was like uh, when i switched from because i was vegetarian for quite a while and i felt all the benefits most of the benefits and then i switched to being vegan and i thought am i going to notice any real change and in Mm -hmm. truth i I don't know if this is sort of true for you but i didn't notice any real change for the first few months but then uh, three months in then suddenly I was like oh there is a big difference. So that dairy oh, does make... But it took me about three months for it maybe to come all out of the system or for me to actually figure out, oh, hang on, I can't be eating that anymore because that's not actually vegan. It, you know, I'm still screwing it up and sort of making mistakes, but yeah, I'm still sort of finding, oh, what do you mean that's not well, vegan? Well,
0: I think that's... A- I think that's important to say that nobody's perfect I think we've all slipped up either intentionally or accidentally and that's fine you just do your best on the day and you know one mistake doesn't like derail the whole process you can get back on the wagon and you'll be fine um, I do want to say his Paul made a great video about his hundred mile training week as well. Uh, you said it's all internal, that was for your benefit, but you have filmed it and you have made a lovely little um, film out of the whole thing. So way of life on YouTube, you can find a lovely video there for the hundred mile training week. It's rather enjoyable, rather fun to watch. Thanks. Um, I'm, I'm hoping
1: we, to make. I'm hoping to make one tomorrow as well. But don't tell. It. This oh is a, this is this is a world exclusive drum roll oh, wow. drum roll <laughs> I'm, I'm actually i haven't told i haven't told the family yet but i'm actually planning to run a marathon in my backyard tomorrow so which is going to be quite interesting Ooh. because it's only it's only sort of four meters by two meters so um, and I'm going to try and film the whole thing and sort of put a film so maybe when people look at it they'll sort of come across that one as well I have no idea if I can wow. do it I think this is actually going to be the biggest challenge I've got you've seen these crazy people that have done the, the marathon on the balcony and everything like that I'm going to sort of try and do it but I yeah, think I'm yeah. just going to get dizzy
0: yeah i mean that's incredible i I wish you all the best and you know keep me posted if if there's any donation or if there's anything to be shared about this i'll be happy to participate but yeah i think it's a more mental struggle than a physical one that anyway that's amazing um i i I wish you good luck with that i hope the weather's going to be okay too so just quickly before we uh wrap up i wanted to ask i'm going to have a few guests on paul is the I have the privilege of having Paul as my first ever guest on this podcast but one thing I would like to ask everybody aside from their running or veganism or whatever is uh, to to get to know them a little bit more and the way to do that is my desert island idea of if you were stranded on a desert island tomorrow which is a typical vegan question I know but in park that whole thing Um, if you you had to be on a desert island you had to take one album, one book and one movie with you do you have anything in mind for that?
1: Uh, Okay, you see, uh, (laughs) first of all, I'm the first guest. What do you mean? (laughs) um, So uh, you did prep me on this one, so I I do actually have three. Um, In terms of books, I was quite a late comer to sort of reading properly books. And uh, to be honest, I don't read very much now. I find YouTube and sort of visuals more accessible, Mm. if I'm going to be completely honest. But um, my first sort of real introduction to books was through fantasy and that was stephen donaldson's um uh tom's covenant series but then i'm not going to recommend that one because the words were too big and i thought that was just excessive. <laughs> so um so i'm actually going to go for the book and i've actually read the most many times the most times is actually raymond faist's um magician so that's the one I'm going to. Oh, so it's a, if you like magician. fantasy, it's a really good one. So it's called Magician, uh, Raymond Feist. Um, okay. In terms of albums, I've got so oh, there's so many, but I'm going to go with um, a two people that formed something called One Giant Leap. And this actually coincides with a a lot of my values that I place through sort of the Way of Life sort of channel and account that I do and that sort of elements in terms of veganism, in terms of thoughts and ethics and things. So Jamie uh, Jamie Cato, uh, who's one of the founders of Faithless, I think, and Duncan Bridgman, they got together and formed something called One Giant Leap and they travelled the world recording sounds and sort of mixed it all together to to films and into albums. So they've done two albums... uh, this is it's quite old. Uh, one is on Spotify, but one isn't. And the one isn't on Spotify is the one I'm going to say, which is called What About Me. Um, so you can look it up on YouTube. So One Giant Leap, What About Me, and you can actually see the, the film, but they made a CD of it as well. And that's going to be my album because it's so eclectic. There's African music. There's uh, Spanish music. There's um, you know New York. yeah, you know, Every walk of life is in there. As well as a lot of sort of insightful um, uh, statements from people, yeah, sort of famous people. So that's my album. What about me? Uh, by One Giant Leap, and my movie is I love movies that don't have too much dialogue and it's more about the visuals. So I'm going to choose something that's a bit of a, a sort of a soppy film, but I can just watch it over and over again. That City of Angels with sort of Meg Ryan and uh, uh, Nicholas Cage. I just I just can watch that movie forever it's just visually I just love love the look of it
0: brilliant I mean I've thought of this uh, question kind of selfishly as well because I've never heard of any of these Oh well I've, I've heard of the, the movie but I haven't seen it One Giant Leap that sounds right up my alley I'm really curious I'm going to check that out the moment we get off this call but uh, yeah thank you very much for them Paul any, anything you'd like to say anything you'd like to share before we wrap up this this is I think
1: this is amazing you know, we didn't know each other until a month or so ago or yeah you know, something along those lines and yeah we have that connection just through a running community and then you kind of oh we've got these other sort of communities and and this is something that I was sort of missing in in my life running alone I love running alone but running as a community and sort of I would really encourage people to sort of try and reach out to other people with sort of shared interests whether it's running whether it's veganism or, or whatever it is that you have have that community because it's you meet these wonderful people you know like you that just make your life happier so oh gosh that was a bit gushy wasn't it so no thank you for the chance and yeah, it's wonderful to to know you and to sort of be involved in this
0: that's a wonderful way to end it i think paul um thank you very much i totally agree i really look forward to running with you again when we can however long that's going to be um and hopefully Harlem Park Run gets up off the ground sooner or later if you're in the Harlem area or if you're in the Netherlands or many places just visit check out your local park run and yeah if you have any questions for Paul you can find him on Way of Life on Instagram uh, and emails wayoflife at gmail.com Yeah I mean the best way is so through Instagram in that's the thing
1: you. I'm most active on so so yeah if you just sort of do that but yeah I've only got a few followers on YouTube so, so subscribe to the YouTube channel
0: So there you go go over to YouTube Paul's uh made one great video and he's going to be busy again in the future um, alright we'll leave it there thank you very much I've really enjoyed this too and uh, yeah I, I hope this uh, Corona thing doesn't hit your family too hard and yeah take care yeah hopefully,
1: <laughs> hopefully we, we will learn from this and we become better
0: there you go alright Paul it's been a pleasure thank you very much <laughs>
1: cheers Stephen bye
0: take care man bye bye <laughs> going back to nova scotia that's where i want to be tethered down in nova scotia staring at the sea isn't he great it didn't take long to be following him on instagram to be watching all his uh myriad of uh, stories to realize that this was a guy worth knowing and worth talking to paul once again thank you and to anyone listening i hope you've swallowed the red pill i hope you do a little bit of plugging here on your on your runs in future i know i will be uh quick update on paul's backyard marathon thing he has since checked with his family and the wife flat out refused to permit it so instead he's going to run a mountain marathon there aren't any mountains in Harlem, but there's a hill nearby that he's going to do quite a lot of repeats on tomorrow. So, um, Paul, I wish you all the best for that. I'll be following on Way of Life on Instagram with excitement. That's it for me this this week? I don't know. That's it for me today. I haven't figured out any sort of schedule for this thing. Thank you so much for listening. I'm getting more downloads than I expected, which is awesome. Um, even my dad who's never been able to figure out a a podcast has found me on his podcast app that's uh, a weird thing to say but that's awesome, love you all very much a lot of gratitude for this yeah, as always take care of yourselves and each other bye bye
1: it's Stay.